0: Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Up next, Rob Smith is Problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. 20 years after 9-11, Afghanistan is a more dangerous place, America's standing in the world is uncertain, and many soldiers feel like the end of America's longest war is undignified of their service. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Is a very big weekend for America. This is now the 20 year anniversary of 9 11, one of, if not the most horrific terrorist attacks in American history. This is when Al Qaeda terrorists from Afghanistan hijacked our planes and killed thousands of people in New York City on American soil. The images are horrific and You know, if you go to my Instagram page at Rob Smith Online, I promote these podcasts with, you know, images. And I I thought long and hard about using the image of the two towers burning in the promo that I did for this podcast. And I was like, you know, do I want to do this? Is this too much? Blah, blah, blah. But... I really do think that it's important um, to see these images. It is important to never forget these images um, because it is important never to forget what exactly it is that we are up against. We are up against terrorists. We are up against people that hate Western way of life. They hate Americans. They hate America. They want to destroy us. They want to kill us. This is what we're up against, and I think that it is very important for us to never forget, but it is also important for us to see this imagery. Now during 9-11, I was actually, I was serving. I, I served during 9-11. I was, if you've read my book, Always a Soldier, you you kind of know this story, but I want to tell you a little bit about where I was. I was at home. I was an active duty soldier, but I was on leave at the time. My mother was going through cancer at the time. And, and yes, she survived. She's still here to this day, thank God. But I was there at home tending to her. And I think that at the time, you know, as a teenager, I was still a teenager at the time when I served. You know, I, I went in at 17, I served very, very young. So I was a teenager most of the time that I was serving. I don't know if I quite comprehended how stunning and awful the act of terrorism truly was. I don't think I really comprehended. How devastating this was for America, how devastating this was for Americans. And I remember um, it kind of became a joke around my family, Um, not about 9-11, obviously, but about, you know, me being an active duty soldier at the time. And a lot of people in my family were like, well, I guess you're going overseas. I guess you're going to Afghanistan. I guess you're going wherever. And I remember thinking at the time, it's just like, man, I could really go to war over this. And I did. Although I didn't go to Afghanistan, uh, I went to Iraq, and, and you all know that story. And I remember when I went back on active duty, right after you know dealing with my mother and all that stuff, there was sort of the drumbeat for war started to pick up. It was like, we've got to go to war with Afghanistan. These people have harbored terrorists that attacked us on American soil. And... I remember thinking, I remember at the time thinking that I've got to be ready to do this. And and am I ready to die? Because that's what war means. War means death. And this is America's, you know, longest war. We've been in Afghanistan for over 20 years. And, you know, the the title of this episode is about how Afghanistan is more dangerous than ever. And it absolutely is more dangerous than ever. And, you know, I've done three, four, I think, podcasts that are all about Afghanistan and all about the botched pullout and and all of that stuff. So I don't really feel the need to retread any of that territory. But there are some new developments. We've got the Taliban basically creating a new government and installing people that were prisoners in in Gitmo Bay, prisoners. Okay, These are bloodthirsty terrorists that were wanted by America that we traded for Bo Bergdahl, right, under the the Obama years. And now these people are given senior positions in in the Taliban. This is the government of Afghanistan right now. So this idea that's kind of being spun by the Biden administration and this idea that's being spun by, you know, some Democrats right now that this is going to be a kinder, gentler Taliban is absolutely false. These people hate us. These people are bloodthirsty terrorists, okay? Some of the things that some of these men have done are despicable. And this is how Afghanistan is going to be run right now. Now, did I think that it was time to go from Afghanistan? Absolutely. Did we leave it in the right way? Absolutely not. We left it in a way that is undignified to the service of... Um, of the US soldiers who went to Afghanistan. It is undignified of the ultimate sacrifice that so many of these people made. It is undignified to that, the way that we have left Afghanistan. And we have left Afghanistan more dangerous than ever. We have left it in control of bloodthirsty terrorists. We have left Afghanistan with billions of dollars in US grade military equipment. The Taliban is now, like I've said before, one of the best equipped armies on the planet. So now they have that military equipment to either carry out attacks on, on American soldiers if we actually have to go back in, which, honestly, I do believe that we will. I do believe that American soldiers will have to go retake Afghanistan again. I do believe this is going to happen with my whole heart, 100 percent,ly wholeheartedly, I believe this. Because leaving Afghanistan in the way that it is right now, Is so dangerous to America. It is so dangerous for the world. I do not know that there are any other options, but I'm getting ahead of myself because this is probably not going to happen for another couple of years. So, in the 20th anniversary of this war, it could not be ending in a way that is more deeply embarrassing and damaging for America. Afghanistan is more dangerous right now. This will now become a hotbed. Of terrorist behavior, probably even worse than it was prior to the invasion. And the scary thing about this, living in in 2021, is now, you know, the Taliban is allowed on Twitter. (laughs) The the former president of the United States is not allowed on Twitter, but the Taliban is. And so now we have an Afghanistan that has US grade military equipment, you have an Afghanistan that is run by bloodthirsty terrorists. You have an Afghanistan that is deeply dangerous, but now they have the social media savvy to push their agenda and their anti-American, anti-Western terrorist messaging throughout the entire world. So this is what we are dealing with here. And so not only is Afghanistan more dangerous, right, It, it makes America more vulnerable to these attacks and so, yes, of course, right now, they are shipping tens of thousands of people into the United States from Afghanistan. You see it all over social media. You don't see it on mainstream media. But you see them getting off of buses, going God knows where. And these are not all women and children. These are college-aged young men who are being shipped in from Afghanistan. We, and we hope that these people don't have terrorist sympathies. We hope that they don't sympathize with terrorist terrorist ideologies. But who knows? And the scariest thing about all of this is that now in America, our left is sort of pushing this anti-American sentiment to minority groups because this is how they get power. And so my biggest fear is these tens of thousands of people from Afghanistan, these refugees that are being shipped to this country right now, They're going to buy into all of this stuff. And they're going to grow to hate America, just like the left in America hates America. And this is really dangerous stuff, folks. This makes our country more dangerous. This makes Afghanistan more dangerous. This makes everything bad. So the question, as we turn the corner in this 20 years of war with Afghanistan, was it worth it? Was any of this worth it? Was it worth the thousands of American lives that have been lost, our US soldiers? Is it worth, by the way, the tens of thousands of lives of the Afghanistan soldiers that that fought on our side against the Taliban? Is it worth the trillions of dollars in taxpayer money that was spent? on this war. Is it worth any of this? And I don't think that it is. Not ending like this. Not ending like this. So now 20 years after America, or after 9-11, after America was attacked by Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan and, and all that other stuff, we are left with an Afghanistan that is more dangerous. We are left with an America that is more vulnerable. Just so that Joe Biden... Can make some stupid mission accomplished speech on 9-11, which you know he will. Because he ended the war, quote unquote. It's sad. It makes me frightened, honestly, really, really frightened for the safety of America, for the future of Americans, for every single thing that is happening right now. The 20th anniversary of 9-11, and this is where we are. I don't know that anybody could have predicted this. But I do know that this thing with Afghanistan, folks, it ain't over. And if you ask me whether it's, it's not going to be under this administration. This administration would never reinvade Afghanistan. They're just going to hope that everybody forgets about it until the terrorist attacks start happening. But it's not over. America's going to have to go back into Afghanistan. And I'm not some war hawk, and I'm not pushing this, and I'm not one of these people, but we have left it so unsafe. And we have left America so vulnerable to so many different things. There is no choice. So that's all I have to say about that. Good job, Joe Biden. Mission accomplished. Next up, the Biden administration is now requiring private companies to vaccinate their workers. They've gone full authoritarian, and I'll dig in up next. The Biden administration is so desperate to turn the page on Afghanistan, so desperate for the American people to listen, to forget um, all of the horrific imagery that we have seen play out over the past four weeks, that now they're going to start playing politics again. And their favorite way to play politics is with the coronavirus pandemic, because they know that the the coronavirus pandemic and all of this stuff, it plays very well to their base. Their base has been trained and propagandized to be so deeply afraid of a virus with a 99.9% recovery rate that... It is quite obvious that they have proven that they will give up every single one of their liberties as Americans in order to be seen as the good people that are helping fighting this. And the Biden administration knows this. They know how brainwashed their base is. They know that they can get these people at this point to do anything in the world. So now the Biden administration has just announced a vaccine mandate for all companies with more than 100 employees. And and first of all, when I thought about this, I just wonder, I'm just like, can they even do this? This is government overreach if I've ever seen it. And so I was watching, like I said, sometimes I watch CNN so you don't have to. And, and, you know, um, CNN's uh, legal analyst slash (laughs) masturbator in chief, Jeffrey Tubin. Um, I, I just could not resist it because he will that literally will go down in infamy infamy. But he is a legal analyst. He has a legal background before he was caught masturbating on Zoom calls. But anyway, um, so this is somebody with a legal background. He thinks that the federal government may or may not have the legal authority to do this. This is what he said. And this is a transcript because um, I just I wasn't going to force you to listen to to CNN. Um, first of all, he thinks that this is the beginning of getting closer to a national mandate, which is terrifying and which is truly authoritarian. But even outside of that, this is what he says. There's a question, though, of whether the federal government has the legal authority to do this. Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, supervises employee safety. Whether that authority extends to requiring vaccines for people in companies bigger than 100 employees, you can be sure this is going to be challenged in court. I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that this is certainly a shot across the bow by the Justice Department and by the White House saying, look, we are sick of asking. We are now telling you to get vaccinated. And so everything... That they said Donald Trump was. An authoritarian, a dictator. Remember, Donald Trump and the authoritarians in in the White House under the Trump administration, they want to control your lives. They're dictators. They're fascists. They are all of this stuff. Everything that they said Donald Trump was, Biden absolutely is. Absolutely is. 100%. And I want you to listen to him explain all of this. What more do you need to see? We've made vaccinations free, safe, and convenient. The vaccine is FDA approval. Over 200 million Americans have gotten at least one shot. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. So please do the right thing. But just don't take it from me. Me. Listen to the voice. Do the right thing. We are losing patience with you bad people who don't who don't want to get this vaccine. This is scary, folks. I've gotta be completely honest. When I was watching this stuff and I and I was doing my research that I did, you know, before I started recording and all that stuff, I, I was scared. This scares me. It really does. These people are the most power hungry people I have ever seen in my life. Like I have never seen a presidential administration that is so hungry for this much power and that uses this coronavirus pandemic and all the power that they have to really clamp down on the American people. This is scary. And so let's talk about some of the things that that this does, right? And so basically... The rules mandate that all employers with more than 100 workers require them to be vaccinated or test for the virus weekly, affecting about 80 million Americans. And the roughly 17 million workers at health facilities that receive federal Medicare or Medicaid will also have to be fully vaccinated. Biden will have OSHA make a rule requiring employees of companies to be tested. Companies will have to pay for the testing, but they can pass the cost on to employees. And he is also signing an executive order. Remember, Biden, authoritarians and and, and fascists and all of this stuff love, love executive orders. So he's signing an executive order to require vaccination for employees of the executive branch and contractors who do business with the federal government with no option to test instead. That covers several million more workers. According to Forbes, businesses that refuse to comply with the mandate will open themselves up to hefty fines up to nearly $14,000 per violation. So this is crazy, folks, but this is where we are right now. And I hope to God that this is challenged in court and this is struck down in court. Because the court system right now is our only line of defense against these people. These people are authoritarian. These people are insane. And the, sc- the saddest and scariest thing about all of this stuff is that there are so many people in this country who have been so brainwashed by all of this stuff. They're brainwashed not so much by Joe Biden and Jensaki and all of them. They're brainwashed by the, the mainstream liberal media. They're brainwashed by all of these celebrities that do their bidding. And all of these people are going along with all of this in order to, quote, be good. And, you know, it becomes a point. There becomes a point where this is not about right or left anymore. Okay. This is about freedom versus tyranny. Because this is what the left has done. The left has divided America into good and bad people. If you're good... You play pandemic, you wear your little masks, you wear your little obedience mask, you know, so everybody knows that you're good. So you're not one of those bad Trump supporters or you're one of those bad people that questions the federal government because we would never want bad people that question the federal government. So if you're good, you wear your mask, you get whatever shot the government wants you to get. If you're bad, you ask questions. If you're bad, maybe you don't want the vaccine in your body. If you're bad, maybe you ask why on earth you're still required to wear a mask in some places when the vast majority of Americans, and we're talking upwards of 200 million Americans have either recovered from COVID or gotten the vaccine... So the question is, what exactly is it that we are doing now? Does this ever end? I think that it could. I think that it does. But it only ends if people get their minds out of this left-right binary and start thinking about their lives in terms of freedom or not. Because let me tell you, I don't know what side of the aisle you guys fall on politically. I know a lot of my problematics are... Uh, conservatives. I know I got a lot of independents. I know I have some liberals that are even in here that, that sort of like hate watch me and that's fine. It is what it is. But I want any independent minded person that's listening to me right now to really understand that what is going on right now is beyond politics. This is beyond left and right. And you better believe if Trump had gotten reelected and any of this stuff was coming from that administration, I would be saying the same thing. So this stuff isn't about left and right. This stuff is about freedom versus tyranny. And I hope to God that employers start resisting this. I hope to God that this is challenged in court because this may be one of our last stands. Because if they're able to continue to get away with all of this stuff, there is no telling how far they will go and whether or not they will stop, because I do not believe that they will. Up next, young men are going to college at historically low rates. What does this all mean? I'll tell you after the break. All right, so let's uh, take a break from hardcore politics right now and and talk about something a little culturally. I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal that I thought was fascinating, that I thought was, was very much worthy of discussion. And so the Wall Street Journal is basically, you know, men are giving up on college. This is what the article is, is called, a generation of American men give up on college. So men are abandoning higher education in such numbers that they now trail female college students by record, le- re- record levels. So this is the, the journal's reporting. So statistics from the National Student Clearinghouse show that at the end of the 2020-2021 academic year, women made up 59% of college students an all-time high, and men 40.5%. So this is a trend. And the trend is that women have overtaken men at the universities and colleges. And um, this is what a senior scholar at the Pell Institute for the Study of Opportunity in Higher Education told the journal. Men are falling behind remarkably fast. So, academians and people that are in academia are starting to to notice this shift. And this is actually very interesting to me because I don't think that this is about... You know, men being... I, I don't think that this is about, oh, you know, society doesn't do enough for young men, so they are just disaffected, and they're just falling out of the college students, and they're just dropping out of... Life. I, like, I just don't think that that is what this is about at all. What this is about right now, and I've got a pretty problematic take on this, but, you know, you, you guys come here for problematic hot takes. So what's going on right here is that, you know, this, is, this came from the journal as well. This is interesting. Some young men are not seeing the value of a diploma. The journal reported on an 18-year-old... A Minnesota high school graduate, Daniel Bryles, who despite a 3.5 GPA, skipped college for a $500 a week landscaping job, as well as side income selling music on a streaming service and investing in cryptocurrencies. This is what he said to the journal. There are opportunities that weren't taught in school that could be a lot more promising than getting a degree. Absolutely. This is absolutely true. And let me tell you a little personal story about me and and my whole higher education thing. I've got a bachelor's degree from Syracuse University. I've got a master's degree from Columbia University. I did not start making money until I became an entrepreneur, until I started um, generating multiple streams of income, until I started taking things into my own hands. You think about the world that we live in. In 2021... I make the I make the bulk of my income. I do not even leave my house. I have a studio in my home. This is where I do everything. I do my podcast. I do my news hits. I maybe go to the studio to do Fox News and stuff like that. So this is all, and obviously my situation is different. But the point that I'm trying to make is that there's a lot of opportunity out here in the social media era for people to do different things with their life. And what we're seeing right now with a lot of these men that are just turning off and just turning their backs on this idea that you need um, a college degree to be successful in life, they're becoming entrepreneurs. Think about in 2005, when I was an undergrad, think about in 2005, the people who decided to start a YouTube channel instead of going to the uh, four-year college university route. A lot of those people are multimillionaires many times over at this point. I am nowhere near a multimillionaire. I've got a, an advanced degree. And the first job that I got out of school, by the way, required Final Cut Pro, which was not taught in school and in Columbia. They teach a ridiculous editing software that really is only used by filmmakers. So I learned Final Cut Pro on YouTube, and that is how I got my first gig out of Columbia University because I taught myself Final Cut Pro on YouTube. And people are opting out of that stuff because let me tell you something. People are waking up to the college scam. They are waking up to it, folks. It is a grift. And I'm not talking about so much, I also went to community college as well. And community college, I think, is a great, great, great choice for people. I wish that more people went to community college. Um, Because it's a really good option for people so that they can discover whether or not college is for them and they can take classes um, in business and entrepreneurship and really learn and really teach themselves things that they can go get an associate's degree and apply that stuff to the real world. And people are waking up to the college scam. This is a scam. These colleges and universities are getting more and more expensive every year. And they have this weirdly symbiotic relationship with the federal government because they know that once these students get out, get these federal student loans, the colleges are going to get their money. And these kids are graduating college with tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. So there are a lot of people that are waking up to the college scam. But like most scams and like most grifts, black people are now on the receiving end of the push for it. I'm going to tell you. Working class people, black people, and minorities are now the ones that are being pushed the college scam harder than any other group of people. There is a reason why there is such a focus on diversity and inclusion in colleges and, and, and universities. And that is because now the scam is being passed on to working class black and minority Americans. Generally, young white men are getting the memo. Young white men t- are, are tend to be, you know, probably uh, more entrepreneurial, more whatever, because they are just not sold the messages that black people are sold in this country. And the message that black people are sold in this country, and I'm, I'm telling you guys, this is true. We are told to be employees. We are told that the best thing that you can do is just get a job. You know, if you're not a rapper, if you're not a ball player, then you need to just go get a job somewhere. We are not taught to be the entrepreneurs. We are not taught to build things. And so these young men that are receiving the messages from wherever, probably from their their fathers and, and mothers and their family structures and all that, because God knows they're they're more likely to have parents in the home than we are. So they're getting messages of entrepreneurship from the people that are around them. And what messages do black Americans get in this country? you're 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 a victim you need the federal government to help you all of this other stuff we are never given any messages about taking control of our own destiny and about entrepreneurship so now the scam that is the college system in America is now being pushed on black americans and now we are being pushed this idea that we are worthless without a college degree and it is working because now more black people will go get that degree get that degree go to school go to school go to school get the degree get the degree And they're exiting college with tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. And then they get angry because they realize that they were sold a scam. And they can't do anything about it at this point. So this whole thing about young men opting out of college, I think, is fascinating. I think that, honestly, in the coming decades, we will see a shift towards more of this. And I think that this college and university system... Now, the Ivies and the big names and the Harvards and the Yales and all that stuff, they're always going to be there. Because what they are, like, those are for the elites. That's where the CEOs come Like, that's what that's all about, right? But a lot of these different colleges and universities, the smaller ones and all of that stuff, it is a system that is going to collapse on itself. Like it's gonna, and, and when it does, it's going to be like the housing collapse um, of 2008 because people are wising up to this grift with Every bit of information that we have at our fingertips nowadays, we have the internet, we have social media, we have so many different ways where you can make money through your phone. People are wising up and they are wising up to the grift. That is why young men are opting out of college. And that is why I believe more people should opt out of college because it's a scam, folks. i want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening if you're enjoying the show please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on apple podcasts and to hear more of my episodes and to get my weekly newsletter go to gingrich360.com rob you can also find me on twitter facebook and instagram at rob smith online special thanks to our producer john Cassio, researcher aaron Kleegman, and executive producers debbie myers and speaker newt gingrich part of the gingrich 360 network